to the Economy Guy. This is Tom Harvey. I give you information and facts and some of my personal opinions on what's going on in the world economy today. Occasionally I'll go off on a little sidetrack, but I can assure you those sidetracks have important economic impacts on what's happening and what's happening with your money. I want you to have the ability to make great financial decisions and informed financial decisions. That's the purpose of today's and every day's podcast. It is Sunday, October 11th, and this is the Economy Guy coming to you again. Tom Harvey here, and with a, uh, a, fun, a fun thing to talk about today, a few interesting things. Let's start with the market. Typical market wrap. Everything went sideways. That's my normal thing. It's absolutely true. Uh, the stocks uh, have major uh, swings up and down. It's been swinging up recently after swinging down last week and up the week before and up and down and up and down. You get kind of seasick when you watch the stock market, but don't watch it that closely. I don't want anybody to get sick out there. That's not really good. Um, that's Gold has been, uh, you know, got hammered the last two weeks, but I predicted last week it would rise above 1900. It did. It ended the uh, Friday on about above 1930. Um, that's good. That's above the 1900 support level and the 1920 all-time high support level. Uh, that's very good. I consider gold is uh, now out of the woods and is headed up higher. Uh, we'll see if that's true. I can be just as wrong as I can be right. It's uh, just roll the dice out there. So, uh, how about currencies? Uh, Christine and I, uh, last the last century, that's a long time ago, the last century, Christine and I had a lot of interest in Swiss francs. And I've been, I continue to watch Swiss francs. I'm just fascinated by the Swiss, uh, the way they manage their money, because I think it's uh, a little crazy the way they do it. But it looks to me like there is a uh, some major pressure building for a revaluation of the Swiss franc to the higher side. Uh, it's been there for a long time. The Swiss have forcibly kept their exchange rate uh, even with the euro, and the European Union naturally is uh, uh, they're crazy the way they spend money, and the Swiss uh, don't feel like they are that crazy. So naturally, that means the euro will devalue, and the Swiss franc should appreciate. But they've kept it together. That's like a, a pushing a spring closer and closer together. Eventually, it's going to pop out. And uh, so they, watch that. I mean, it's kind of fun to watch that happen. On the uh, think, Talking about the Swiss a little bit, kind of interesting that uh, they had a vote. The, the Swiss are more democratic than any other nation I'm aware of. And they had a vote. And 62% of the Swiss population want to have a freedom of movement between Switzerland and the EU. Well, that's what they have today, but they want to continue it. The issue is migrants coming into Switzerland. They uh, don't like that, but uh, they uh, because the uh, border with Switzerland is just kind of called Swiss cheese. Uh, I think that's a cute one. I had to tell you that. I thought that was really sweet. So, uh, and then on a sour note, did you know that Social Security money is going to run out by uh, 2031? That's you know, 11 years from now or 10 and a half years from now. It's not too far out. Uh, and that also means the uh, implication there is uh, more and more of the money of the uh, bonds that are there will be uh, spent and we're going to have to be writing new bonds over the next 10 years for that. 
with a new hotspot, a war zone. <clears throat> Just kicking off. Probably haven't heard too much about this, but it's important to keep your eye on what's going on in the world. This is a war in the South Caucasus. Those of you who like the Caucasus, in an area called the Nagorno-Karabakh. And the war is between two uh, countries. One's Armenia and one is Azerbaijan. You see, um, when the USSR broke up, there was this Nagorno-Karabakh, which was an area which ended up in the middle of uh, as Azerbaijan. And it is full of Armenian Christians, whereas Azerbaijan is a Muslim nation. And they've been fighting ever since. Uh, the first big fight ended in uh, 1944. 1994, sorry, <laughs> 1994, and only 30,000 people died. And so, but they've had skirmishes ever since then, and it's starting to heat up big time now. So what's going on right now is that there are, um, you see that area, the re reason it's important, there are two major pipelines which cross right there. Uh, everybody likes pipelines. That means a lot of money. Uh, the Turks... They are supporting Azerbaijan, another Muslim nation, whereas the Russians are supporting Armenia. In fact, Russia has a treaty with Armenia, and the treaty says that if Armenia is ever attacked, they will come to the defense of it. So that's kind of interesting, too. So that, you know, that, those are the kind of sparks that can lead to much bigger fights and bigger fires. <clears throat> a third player besides the Turks, the Russians, is on the southern border of Azerbaijan lies Iran. And Iran, being Muslim, supports Azerbaijan and uh, has a lot of people that cross that border a lot up there. So they also are seeing it. What the Turks are doing, and they are taking some of the Syrian fighters, you remember the ISIS fighters? They're taking some of those and bringing them to the area to fight the Armenians. Now the Armenians have a long history from the beginning of the last century of uh, a big genocide that the Turks did to the Armenians. They will never forget that. And it's uh, in the news from time to time. They bring it up. It's a big deal. So Armenia is not real happy that Turkey is involved, as you can tell. So this is a, uh, this fighting is going on. There's, um, uh, like last weekend, 60 people were killed. Uh, just stay tuned with this one. Remember the last hotspot that I talked about was Cyprus. That was Greece versus Turkey. Turkey again. Well, that seems to have calmed down a lot. The uh, there people are talking peace right now in the uh, Cyprus area. So uh, that one's kind of fading down, cooling down. That's good. Another supporter of Armenia, excuse me, incidentally, is France. Now that makes it very interesting because France is a NATO country, as is Turkey. So those are opposite sides. Uh, but in the same NATO conflict. So um, it's very complicated. That part of the world has always been complicated. It continues to be complicated. Watch that spot. It is a, a fun spot to watch and learn. So just some information. I'll be back in a second to talk about why I think we're in a depression. That we are in a depression and not a recession. Why do I say that? Well, it's, the main pre reason is the service sector, which I've talked about in past things. One-third of the total workforce of the United States works in the service sector, and about half of them are not going to get their job back. That means one-sixth of the U.S. workforce is not going to go ever go back to work to their old job. 
Why is that? Well, you have restaurants and hotels and airlines and even fun parks are in uh, deep doo-doo. Okay, that's because of the virus. People have a lot of fear, right? The U.S. Chamber of Commerce has said that 25% of small businesses in the United States will be permanently shut down, are permanently shut down, and will continue to be shut down. They will not reopen. We've lost a quarter of our small businesses. We had There are some polls that have been taken, like uh, uh, some from good sources, and it says that uh, 56% of the people will shop at a supermarket. What that implies is that uh, 44% won't shop at a supermarket because of the virus. 33% of the people will shop at a retail store, meaning 67% won't. A third will, two-thirds won't. 22% will dine in a dine-in restaurant, which means 78% won't. Those are huge won't numbers. Huge won't numbers. Um, that's the cause of this future depression or the depression that we're in. That's why we're not recovering. That's why we won't recover quickly. I mean, we talked a lot about not having a V-shaped recovery, which uh, a lot of politicians have talked about. What's the difference between a recession and a depression, you might ask? I certainly did. Well, there's the answer is they're both bad economies, right? But kind of the working difference is in a recession... About a year after the recession is over, everybody's forgot that there ever was a recession. Things come back quickly. Whereas a depression, that there, the scars caused by that depression last for years and years and make permanent changes. I believe the virus falls into the depression category. Certainly the Great Depression did with the soup lines. Did you know Disney is uh, laying a lane? So let's talk about Fed policy. As we know, they have a 0% interest rate policy going right now. And they, uh, their goal is to get a 2% in, uh, inflation rate going. In fact, they have said they will allow inflation to go hot. And what they mean by hot is they will allow inflation to go higher, significantly higher than 2%, say 3 or 4% for a while. But they want the average to be 2%. Well, they're having a hard time getting it to 2%. But they don't care about that. They are pushing hard for higher inflation. Well, let's talk about that because I think higher inflation has some unintended consequences. Let's talk about it. How about 2% inflation? What does that mean? That means the buying power of the money that you have in your pocket will have in 36 years. That's just a fact of life. That's the way inflation works. Uh, and nobody likes losing buying power. I don't. Now, higher inflation should mean that 
long-term interest rates go up. Okay, and we have, uh, so long-term debt should happen, and that includes federal debt. But, big but, the Fed does not want long-term federal interest rates to go up. They want to keep it down. So how are they doing that? They're buying all the treasuries that are being issued, or at least the majority of them. They own a third of them that are out there already. They're buying mortgage-backed securities, so they're keeping home interest rates low. Uh, a little side note, which is cute, is that uh, they do not buy jumbo loans, only mortgage-backed securities, which are the FHA, you know, and uh, Fannie Freddie type loans. So they're capped in the amount of the mortgage. Jumbo loans are bigger loans. As you'd be a millionaire and you bought a big home, you would have a jumbo loan on it. If they don't control that, would our jumbo interest rates going to go straight up? And if that's the case, does that mean that millionaires' homes will not be selling anytime soon because of the high interest rate on them? Watch, watch that spot. It's kind of a fun, interesting thing to watch. Well, also, when you have bond manipulation like the Fed is doing, that should make the dollar go down. And we have seen some decreases and increases coming back, but basically the trend in the dollar is down right now against other currencies. Uh, if the Fed continues this action, and there's no reason they won't, they said they will, then the dollar should continue to go down over the time. Now, not, this is not going to be a crash in the dollar, but over the long term, the dollar value is going to go down. Now, could uh, what, what's keeping equity prices, what are keeping stock prices high? Well, uh, I keep saying that, hey, it's the Fed printing money and driving it into the economy, and I believe that is a big part of it. But here's another thought for you to consider. Uh, the low interest rates that the Fed is having is keeping a bunch of unproductive companies, call it that, these are ones that have issued junk bonds, they're keeping them alive. And those companies are borrowing more money at very low interest rates because the Fed has driven interest rates down. And, uh, and that money that they're borrowing is keeping those companies up and their stock prices up. So could it be that the low interest rate driven by the Fed is another contributor through this junk bond market of keeping stock prices higher on these junk companies. I think there's a food for thought there, and I, I'm going to finish today's episode at this point and wish you a great weekend and a great week. Uh, a lot of good, interesting, fun things happening in our election uh, year. It's not too long before we'll know who the next president will be. Look forward to talking to you in a week. Bye now. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button. This is Tom Harvey, and I'm an investor and not a financial advisor. So understand that nothing in this podcast should be construed as advice or a solicitation to trade in any market. And I disclaim any responsibility for any negative effect of decisions made by listeners.